My name's Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers turn their modest websites into thriving online enterprises with SEO, email marketing, and a little hard love encouragement to always move forward consistently and with a plan. Hey bloggers, happy Monday. Today I'm going to give you five questions that you can ask yourself before you write a new article or you update an article. This could be an article that you're updating either because of content decay, we've just got to keep our content fresh and new and up to date, uh, but also uh, in light of the helpful content update and the impact that it's had on so many blogs. So let's jump into these five questions. The first one is this. When you're thinking about the question that you are answering, which generally comes in the form of a phrase, a keyword phrase, then if you asked your AI tool of choice, ChatGPT or Bard or uh, you know what, whichever one you prefer, if you asked them to answer that question or you typed it in Google and you looked at the SGE answer to that question, how much better will your answer be? Will it just be a different version of that same answer? Or do you have incredible insight that you can offer that really goes beyond what else is out there? And so this is what I mean when I've said in previous podcasts that original content is so important. I think there's a misconception out there. We're, we're hearing a lot about the term original content. I think some people are misinterpreting that to mean written by AI or just, um, you know, basically scraped off the web. And certainly people who have been just regurgitating things that are out on the web have been impacted neg- negatively by the update. But there are people who are being impacted who have written posts that are that you know from from a how should I say from from their own experience. So they're they're writing genuinely honest, heartfelt posts. But the problem is is that they're not demonstrating original thought. So it's not just copying the text, but it's actually the ideas that they're sharing are the same ideas that are being shared all over the place. And it's not surprising because if you've done any SEO work, you know about semantic terms. If you're in travel and you write a things to do in XYZ city post, you the semantic terms are the same for me and everybody else writing that post. So we have to go beyond just that. Does it mean we stop adding semantic terms? I don't think so. Those are not ranking factors, um, but they they give hints to the intentionality of the term. But we've got to go a little deeper. So I uh, was talking with my uh, my best blogging girls, girlfriends, about this a couple of days ago, and we were talking about at least in the travel space, because we're all travel writers, um, what, how do we 
do this. So all all of us, we go to a location, we experience the location, or um, or we're living in that location, and we write about it from that perspective. So how do we demonstrate that experience with our words? And there's certainly other ways to demonstrate the experience, but I'm speaking specifically about the words. So uh, one of the things we were talking about is just that type of information that if your girlfriend was, or guy friend, whatever, was just sitting at the, you know, at the table with you and was asking you specific information about the topic. And let's say they said to you, I already, you know, went to, in this case, the tourism board's website, I already read that information. Um, I, but I know you've been like, what else can you tell me that I'm not going to find out there? And, I think that's a really good way to think about it. So some of the ideas that my girlfriends said was like, oh, if you're going to the museum, most people, you know, start at the ground level and go up. If you go early, run up to the third floor and take it, you know, going down so you can avoid the crowds. Or um, if, you know, if it's a kayak, I just took a kayak trip and it rained during the kayak trip. Uh but it was still really fun <laughs> and it didn't – I don't think it ruined the trip at all. So writing about that um, and, you know, she said if there's lightning, we would stop it um, and we just saw, you know, a couple extra animals. We saw a shark and so maybe speaking about that. Also, I forgot to get us waters, but um, right across from where you park is a place that you can – um, grab waters and go to the restroom beforehand. That's nowhere on the website. Um, so maybe that would be the kind of thing that I would tell somebody, you know, who asked me like, what, what do you have, what are you going to say about that? Um, somebody, uh, some of the other examples they were giving was, um, I'm just looking through my notes here. Like what, um, what to book at noon because the sun is so hot your photos aren't going to look good. The kids are going to start complaining. So do these things early. The sun comes up after lunch. Now go hit that museum and then come back, you know, afterward and um, finish off your, you know, your outdoor adventure, that sort of thing. So that's the kind of information that ChatGPT is not going to give you. You can only know that by being there. And again, these are travel examples because that's my space, but it applies to everybody. And here's the kicker, though. This is the hard part, really. This is the part where we go, okay, is this the job I really want? <laughs> um, you can't just sprinkle that. You can't just – this isn't for flavor. You know, this isn't like uh, a dash of cinnamon. That has to be the bulk of your content, the bulk of the text in the post and the bulk of the kinds of posts on your site. And I, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, going to a destination, doing the things they have me do, looking at the semantic terms, building a post on that. And it's basically just like, here's all the things that we did that I'd recommend. Instead of thinking, you know, and sometimes I would say like, this, we ordered this dish at this restaurant and it was so cool. Like we, we actually just went to a great Italian restaurant and they had one of those big, huge cheese wheels that they roll out to your table and then they take the pasta and like put it in the cheese. And it's a, it's a show and it's delicious. 
So that's the sort of thing I would want to share with people. Um, but I, I just haven't, I didn't focus on that. I didn't make that my number one priority. And in some of my posts, you can tell it. So, um, so definitely want to ask yourself that because there's a flip side of that, right? If you can't do that, um, maybe because you haven't been there or uh, because you don't think that you have as in-depth knowledge. Um, for example, I just went to Ure, Colorado a couple, I don't know, a month ago. I wasn't there long enough to really experience it. I think we were there one or two nights and we did some things and it was really cool. We went to good restaurants and we saw this waterfall. And But I don't know that I could write a article much better than ChatGPT because I wasn't immersed in that city. I was there for like 24 hours um, doing a lot of things. And I mean, maybe I could, maybe if I may put my mind to it. But the point is, you need to ask yourself that question before you write the post. Or as you're updating the post, as you're determining if this is um, a post worth putting effort into in order to salvage, or is it time to retire that content? Um, can you answer the, be- the the question so much better than ChatGPT, so much differently, with so much more insight that, you know, the kind that you would be at a barbecue with your friends and, sh- and somebody comes up and there's like, okay, they're like, hey, I just saw that you just got back from such and such place. Like, give me the scoop. I've been studying it. I know the things. Like, this is a person who knows the things. What else can you offer? That's the stuff you need to put in your article, regardless of whether it's travel or not. If somebody was like, I've been reading about, I'm trying to think of how this might apply to food recipes. Um, I've been learning about, you know, uh, keto. I've been making a couple recipes. I saw that you made a keto pizza. Like what? I I followed the recipe. It wasn't that great. Like what can you tell me about that? And so you might be, you might say, well, there's this kind of coconut flour and this kind of almond flour and this, I tried this ratio and this happened and I tried that ratio and that happened and good grief, that's a lot of work. But that's what will make you stand out. Okay, so that's number one. Woo, that was a lot for number one. Uh, the others will probably go faster. Number two is uh, akin to number one, but a little bit different perspective and that's this. Look at who ranks for number one, two, or three for the keyword that you've written before you update the post or the keyword that you want to write for and look at their content. Look what they have written. Look what their authority is and ask yourself, can I do better? And most of us are going to go, well, of course I can do better because I'm a fantastic writer. So put that ego in check. And really ask yourself, can you write something better? And I don't mean write a listicle with more things or write a post with more words. I mean write a better post with more information from an angle that has not been considered yet. Original thought. And that... um it's going to take, again, that's another thing that's just going to take more effort. But if you've got, I mean, let's, I'm going back to travel. I'm, I, I think I told you, um, I just came back from the Keys. So I'm working on content for the Keys right now. I'm looking at an article that I'd written for them in the past. And part of my deal with them is to update it 
um, with the new information that I have because it's like five or six years old. And I rank number five currently. There's a, I, I rank behind TripAdvisor, the Florida website, the Florida Keys website, and a rental company that a place that, you know, like have, they have vacation rentals that you can rent, <laughs> you can stay in. So uh, that's, I think that is the best I can hope for is to move to number four. I don't know that, um, I mean, I only have maybe 20 or 25 articles about the keys, um, maybe 30 when this project's over. That's, that's 30 is a lot for a given destination, but it's nothing compared to the kind of con, you know, the a volume of content that is on the Florida website and the Florida Keys website and the original content that comes from TripAdvisor. So I, I'm, I mean, my, my best hope is to rank number four. I don't think I can write a better post than the Florida Keys, but I'm still going to try. I'm going to, Try because I'm going to add the information that we talked about from number one, those things that you can't glean from their website. But, you know, I can't I can't beat them from an authority perspective, though. Um, so I'm still going to write it. But my, my point is, um, if you're not you have to see um, who's who's ranking better. Why are they ranking better? Is it better content, more thorough? Is it their authority? Um, can you is this a game you can play in? Is this a game you can win? And, you know, let's face it, winning comes in position one, two, and three. I was just talking to my girlfriend. We were talking about how things um, post go to die on. I said, post go to die on page two of Google. And she was like, girl, post go to die in position four or more. And I think she's right, especially with SGE, uh, you know, rolling out to the to the general public. So just examine those and make and answer that question um, honestly to yourself before you write the post. Now, the answer might be a little different if you're updating content. For me, for example, I already invested in that post, um, and um, and I think yeah, I can try to get to number four. That's not too shabby, and um, so I'm going to try to do that because because the effort's already been out there. So the effort on my part now to update it is a little bit smaller, especially considering the reward. But if I were starting from scratch, I might look for a different keyword. Okay, I said that number two was going to be shorter and it was a little bit shorter. Let's move on to number three. Uh, Number three is ask yourself, who is my audience? And what do they want to know? When they ask this question, again, the question is just the phrase, the keyword phrase. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, please go check out my podcast about whether keyword research is selling out. I, I don't think it is. I think we're going to attack it in a different way than we have in the past, but I think it's still valuable. It's still a supply and demand model. It's still just a model of what people, questions people are answering, or I'm sorry, are asking. So still valid. But what I want you to do when you're looking at that keyword for an update or for a new post is really think about your audience and what they want to know. And here's the first part of answering that question for yourself. You've got to know who the heck your audience is. I think there's a lot of people 
in the sound of my voice who still aren't exactly sure who their audience is because they haven't narrowed it down enough. Because things to do in Aspen, Colorado, or green bean casserole are so general and they have worked. They worked for me. They built my business for years and years and years, but that's not happening anymore. You have to really focus in on a particular audience. So I'm thinking about the Aspen, Colorado example. Things to do in Aspen, Colorado in summer with kids. Is the volume lower? Yes, that stinks. But it's very specific. And that's my blog's audience is mostly parents. Um, So when I write a new keyword, I'm sorry, when I write a new post or I update a post, I have to ask myself, who's my audience? I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to, I'm going to picture them at my dining room table, sitting across from me. I'm handing them, you know, uh, sparkling water and we're sitting there chatting about it. What do they want to know? Because I also have a daughter who's in her late twenties who just got married and has no kids. And if she asked me the same question, my answer would probably be a little bit different. So make sure you know who your audience is. And if you don't, you need to get there quickly before the next update comes out. So that that's okay. So that's the first part. Know your audience. And then picture yourself sitting across a table from them and talking to them. And that's the way that you um that's the way you garner that special angle, that intimate information that an AI tool is not going to be able to offer. That's the way you do it. You picture them. Picture it like, like I'm serious. Give them a face. Put some clothes on them. Build a, you know, a, what are those things called? A Not an emoji, but uh, ah, I can't think of it now. An avatar. Build an avatar for them. I had to do that in uni a bajillion years ago. Um, we had to build avatars. And I thought it was the silliest thing. And now, yes, yes, I am a believer. Number four, ask yourself how this topic relates to your existing content. And this is a way of making sure that you're not diverting from what you're known for, that you're leveraging the authority you already have, that you're still talking to your audience, and that you understand how this new piece of content is going to fit into what you're already delivering. So it's uh, goes back to topic clusters. Pillar posts, supporting posts. You've got to you've got to think about. I'm thinking like for example the key, uh, the the keys that I told you about. When somebody's going to the keys, I'm hoping that my things to do in the keys article, and knowing my uh, audience and seeing who was ranking for number number one, two, and three, and making sure that I'm offering more information than ChatGPT um, 
it can offer somebody. I'm hoping that all those things exist in the things to do in Key's article. But that's still never going to be enough if somebody really wants to go there. They want to know about specific things like where do I stay and where do I eat? But even beyond that, like which tour do I go on? Do How do I make sure that I don't get on the booze cruise accidentally with my kids? Um, how do I, you know, I'm a history buff. Where do I go and take advantage of that? Which beach do I go to? Can I bring my dog? Is that going to be like, even if the, the hotel takes dogs, like, can I go anywhere else with my dog? Um, what's the, when do I go? All of those questions, uh, especially the ones that chat GPT can't answer or the angle on them that can't be necessarily addressed by ChatGPT are still questions that my audience has. So that's why I create a cluster of content for them because I want to, you know, it's basically just when that same friend who asked you about your experience at that destination, when they come back the next day and they're like, okay, cool. Now I have all the things I want to do. So like, okay, we're going to snorkel. Okay. Tell me about that. I need more information on that. It's, it's those, it's those things. So yeah, when I say build a topic cluster, it needs a pillar post and it needs, you know, a series of supporting posts. That sounds very technical. It sounds very clinical. It sounds very, um, yeah, clinical is a good word, but it's not, it's really relational. It's really about answering all the questions for your audience, being the person, their go-to person to, um, understand how to do whatever it is that you write about. It's building the relationship, furthering the relationship, building on your expertise and showcasing what you've got and helping them. I mean, that's what this all boils down to, right? Helping them because they certainly need more information than they can get from ChatGPT. So make sure that the piece you're updating or the piece that you're writing is really in um, a piece that relates to the information you already have on your site. If I'm a travel blogger. I'm not going to wake up one day and start talking about on my site how to, you know, grow tomatoes in Colorado. I'm just not going to do it because it doesn't fit. Okay, fifth one has nothing to do necessarily with SEO or the helpful content update or any of that directly, but it does indirectly. The world is changing you, I've talked to you about this before. I'm not going to belabor this. The world is changing. Uh, SEO is changing. The, even when we write spectacular articles that Google loves, even with the update, far fewer people are going to come. SGE is going to answer a lot of questions. I mean, there are people who want the deeper dive answers, but there's still going to be a large p- number of people who are like, ah, oh, okay, I got my answer in SGE or on ChatGPT or on TikTok, and I'm good. I got the high-level answer, and that's all I was really after. We're not going to see the same amount of traffic that we've seen in the past. And on top of that, cookies are going away slowly, but it's happening. And uh, we've got to think beyond just ad revenue. So ask yourself when you're writing or updating a post, how can I increase the revenue per reader of this post, of this content? Do I have a lead magnet or can I create a lead magnet for this post or this cluster of content so I can gather more emails 
because I don't have a product right now and I want to have one in the future. I just want to add them to my email list because I'm monetizing my email list in some way. Do I have a product that I can offer these people? Um, should I create a product if I don't have one? Uh, is there, do I have a friend who has a product out there that would be a great match for this and they let me be an affiliate for them? Is there a product on the market somewhere else where I could be an affiliate and garner additional revenue for every reader that comes to my post? It used to be the case so much that blogging was different than uh, people, like professional bloggers like us are different than people who are blogging because they're trying to send people to their site to buy something because they're selling jewelry or makeup or sweatsuits or printables or whatever. Um, but I, I think that gap between the, uh, those two groups of people is is getting narrower and narrower, more and more narrow. Is that the right grammar? Sorry. Uh, so you've got to begin to think. So let's think about think about a jewelry store or not a jewelry store, but a jewelry merchant. And they sell, you know, maybe it's uh, somebody has handcrafted uh, bracelets and necklaces that they sell on their site. And they have a blog because they like to share with people about how they make it and how to pick what's right and which tone. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even wear jewelry. I don't even have a wedding ring. I have a tattoo on my finger. Um, but let's say they're, you know, which length of necklace is right for you, uh, which, you know, gemstone, how to clean it if it's got gemstones in it, you know, all these really helpful content on their blog. But when people go to their blog, because they're probably not monetized, because that's not how they're trying to make money, right? They're trying to sell their jewelry. So when people go to their blog, um, it is it is not making them money. What makes them money is getting those people on their email list and selling them a piece of jewelry. That's the difference between them and us. But that's the gap that's closing because the money that we can make from ad revenue is going to be lesser and lesser and lesser for for a, a lot of different reasons. So you've got to figure out a way to use the content that you have and the content that you're still creating and monetize it to increase that revenue per reader, the amount of money you're making off of every person who comes to your site. Again, sounds calculated, sounds clinical. I don't mean it that way. I'm not saying shove something in their face that they don't need. I'm saying, what do they need? Find out what they need and build it or find it in a way that you can sell it as an affiliate. Fill the needs. What are the needs? That's what the content's about. That's what your product should be about. That's what that's why we do this, right? Fill the need, solve the problem. All right. Woo, a little longer than normal, but I was getting excited about those five questions to ask yourself before you update your content or you write your content. If you enjoyed this episode, then you will love the uh, workshop that I have going on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday and Wednesday, the third and the fourth, they're both the same, uh, but you pick the date. It's live. It's free. The link's down below. We're going to talk about content update fumbles. I'm going to dive into a couple more of these, uh, a couple of these in more depth. And uh, it's free. Hope you'll register in the link in the show notes.
Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.